Hey, listen, let's get into real talk today. How many guys uh, have been offended before? Where y'all at? Someone hurt, hurt your feelings, said something bad about you, all that stuff. Where y'all at, right? I figure there's three groups of people when this happens, right? So each one of you fall into these, one of these three groups. The first group, when they get offended, they just hope it goes away, right? How, where, are the, where are the passive people at? You just don't want to deal with no problems. You just, you just hope it goes away. All right, now listen, the, pe- the people that are looking around shaking their head right now, they're part of a different group. So all y'all that are like, mm-mm, no, mm-mm, not me. Y'all are part of a different group. So there's the passive group. Then there's the passive-aggressive group, right? And so how, how many of y'all know someone in the passive-aggressive group where they, uh, <laughs> where they, they say they're okay, but you, they're coming at you sideways, like they're vague booking on Facebook, like I wish somebody would have, you know what I'm saying? Where y'all passive-aggressive folks at? Don't lie. Don't lie. Put your hands up. Right? Then, then there's the last group. This is a group that's going to show up on the doorstep, knock on somebody's door, and be like, yo, I heard you got something to say. Where, what, you ain't saying it now? What you doing? Right? Where y'all at? Where y'all at? All right? That's what I'm talking about. I'm part of the third group. I ain't playing no games. All right? So listen, today we're going to talk about setting the record straight. All right? Turn to your neighbor and say, set the record straight. Because sometimes in life, you have to set the record straight. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So there's, there's someone has said some lies about you. And, you, and so you, whenever you hear what you're going to do, you're going to go to their house and set the record straight. That's what some of us are going to do. Some of y'all can handle your passive-aggressive stuff on your own, or you can just wish it goes away. Some of us are going to make it go away or make it worse, one of the others, right? So that's the category we fall into. Today, we're talking about faith and that faith is greater than doubt. Turn to your neighbor and say, faith is greater than doubt. Now, I know you're probably sitting there like Pastor Brad. By the way, I'm Pastor Brad. I'm the lead pastor here at TC. Sorry uh, if you're new. Welcome to the Real Talk series where we get to, get to wear hats and uh, vans and Jordan, all this stuff. Now, some of y'all, it's like, this is what I wear every Sunday. You're right. This is pretty much what we wear every Sunday. Um, but I get to preach in a hat during this series, and I get really, really excited about it. All right. So, but all that to say, we're in the Real Talk series, and today we're going to deal with faith is greater than doubt. And so I want you guys to help me out. Can y'all help me out a little bit today? All right, so here's what we want you to do. Anytime I say we're going to have to, I want you guys to say set the record straight. All right, so we're going to have to. All right, so I'm, I'm going to be honest with you about the 9 o'clock service, all right? The 9 o'clock service, all the black people kept up with me. All the white people was like, I, I don't know. I set the straight record. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so, like, but we're going to set the record straight. So we're going to have to. All right. So y'all better keep up. We're going to do this about eight more times today. Why? Because we, there are lies and doubts that come into our mind that the enemy strategically plants in our heart, in our head. He speaks them to us. And if we're not careful, we start to believe them. So the enemy comes in, he says, you don't have a purpose. God doesn't have a plan for you. He doesn't love you. All all those things start to come into your mind. And when that starts to happen, what happens is we start to believe and buy into the lie that the enemy is bringing into our mind. And the reason that some of us become stalemated and purposeless is because we have bought into the lie that keeps coming into our mind. You guys with us today? But today, we're going to have to set the record straight. See, I can already tell. Some of y'all are going to be like, wait, what? What are we doing? So we're going to set the record straight today. All right, let's jump into what we have. Psalms 41 through 3 is kind of where we're starting off today. And it says this, David says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. 
He lifted me out of the pit of despair. How many of you guys have ever been in a pit of despair? You've been down low before, like God had to come in and breathe new life back into you, right? He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. And what we're saying here with Psalms 40 is that there is literally a story inside of each and every one of us. And the story that is inside of you, how God has helped you overcome whatever it is in life that came against you. How whatever you had to overcome to get where you're at today, that is a testimony on behalf of God's goodness. And that is something that can be and will be used so that people will see how good God can be in their life. So turn to your neighbor and say, you got to have faith. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at four areas that God wants to show us that he reigns supreme in. Four areas that we see that God has, has put something in our life. But here's the deal. In each one of those four areas, there's a lie that comes against us, right, that we have to overcome. But here's the key. Listen to me, guys. Here's the key. The way we overcome that lie is not with our feelings. It's not with how we say, how many guys have ever, have ever felt like you were about to lose, but God came through and gave you victory, right? So we don't, we don't overcome through our feelings, right? We overcome by faith. And where do we get faith? We get faith from the scripture that encourages our hearts. So today we're going to show you how to defeat the doubts in your mind, not with good feelings, but with what the word of God says, because the word of God is true. It is yes and amen. It is complete. It can guide you through. It can strengthen you. It can sustain you. It can make you whole. It can give you everything that you need to get through. Wherever you're at right now, God has made a promise to you and he wants to lead you and guide you. And so your faith is encouraged. Your faith is led. Your faith is guided by the scripture, not your feelings. But as we are guided by what the word of God says, we can overcome the doubts that come against our mind. You guys with me today? So we're going to have to, same thing happened this service. All the black people with me, these white folks are just out of control. Anyway, so it was just a joke. Sorry. When the white guys are like, man, darn. Anyway, so let's go. We can't say this on any Sunday, but it's real talk, so we just going to have to deal with it, okay? Four areas that we want to show you that God uh, is trying to encourage you with. Number one is that God has a pursuit of you. We want, you to, we want to encourage you with the fact that God is pursuing you. God, is, God has a pursuit. There's God's pursuit for you, right? So God's pursuit of me tells me that he is coming after me. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm not a big fan of some of the current evangelical movement. What I mean by that is I'm not a big fan of, of the trend that is currently in the church right now that says, like, I'm just the greatest thing in the world and just God loves me. So he does love us, but that I'm just the apple of God's eye and I'm just awesome and I'm great and I'm amazing and, and God came after me because I'm great. Can I tell you something? God didn't come after you because you were awesome to make you awesomer. He came after you because he wanted you. And by default, he made you awesome. So the, the only thing that's great about me is how much God loves me. And therefore I became great because of his love for me. But if we're not careful, we tend to take on this mentality that we're awesome. And because we're awesome, God wants us. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> My life before God was not awesome. Come on, somebody. Like, there was some brokenness back there that he had to deal with. There was some mess. Okay, so some of y'all just lying, right? There was some mess he had to deal with on behalf of my life 
He didn't come after me because I was good. He came after me to make me great. But he didn't just come after me to make me great. He came after me to make me alive. Because I didn't realize I was dead in my sin. I was gone. I was broken. I was a mess. But when Jesus breathed new life into me, when I was able to put my faith in who he is and what he accomplished on the cross, my faith in who he was on the cross breathed new life back into me. And I automatically became great. I became awesome. I became everything he destined me to be when he breathed new life back into me. But it's not because of me. It's all because of who Jesus is. Come on, somebody. Turn your neighbor and say he's good. So what happens when we start talking about God's pursuit of me, because what happens is when we start to get caught up on our life, when we, get, when we start to get caught up on our mess ups, when we start to get caught up on all the things that have gone wrong and how our life has gone chaotic, what we do is we start to believe in the lie that God doesn't love us, God's not there for us, that he, he stopped coming after us, that he doesn't want us, he's not coming after you. How many guys have ever dealt with the lie that you, you thought to yourself, there's no way God could love somebody like me? There's no way he could have a plan and a purpose for someone like me. I've messed up too. How many guys have either said or heard someone say, I've messed up too bad for God to do that in my life, right? But can I tell you something? If you start to believe in the lie, it's time you confront that, and it's time we set the record straight. Because when it comes to the lies that you start to believe, you can't be passive and you can't be passive-aggressive, you got to knock on the doorstep of the enemy and tell him, I'm not believing your nonsense anymore. I'm believing that I'm everything God destined me to be. I'm great because he breathed new life into me. And I, he loves me because he pursued me. He came after me. All right? And so we have to understand that God has a pursuit for us. That he is pursuing us. Right? Psalms 139, 7 through 8 says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there, right? Paul says in Romans, right? Romans 8, 38 and 39, he says this. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. He goes on to say, no power in the sky uh, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Man, that he loves us. He is moved by us. He is consumed with the idea of rescuing us from our sin. And so what we have to grab a hold of, what we have to realize is that God is in a passionate pursuit after you. He loves you and he's coming after you. Next, we have to see that we have to realize that there's God's promise to me. God's promise to me, right? And if God's promise to me, how many guys have ever navigated through life and life just rocked your world, man? Where are you guys at? Am I just like life has come at you sideways a few times, right? So the rest of y'all just good, huh? Life's gravy. Y'all never had no problems, right? How many of y'all know life can come at you and it'll come at you sideways, right? It'll knock you off your game. But God has made a promise to us. But the thing is, is the doubt that tends to set into our mind is that I can't handle what I'm going through. I'm all alone, right? I'll never be able to beat this. How many guys got something in your life, got like one thing that you believe in your heart, if you could defeat it, if you could overcome it, like you would be a great Christian, but you feel like in your heart, you just keep fighting the same battle over and over again against this one area of your life you feel like you can't beat, right? Some of y'all are like, I got like 10 
Like a dozen? What do I do with those? No, like, but for most of us, right, we keep coming up against this same thing over and over. Like, man, I can't beat this thing. I can't, I can't defeat it. I keep coming up against it. And the doubt that comes into our mind is you'll never defeat it and you'll never be, and God will never love you. He'll never do anything for you. He'll never step into your life and breathe new life into you. He'll never encourage you. He'll never equip you. You'll never feel good. Why? Because you're never locking into the promise that God has for you. But can I tell you something? You have to speak truth to that doubt that tells you that God will never come through for you. And you have to, are you ready? Set the record straight, right? Like we have to set the record straight on the fact that God has a promise for us that he is going to guide us. He's going to lead us. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to sustain us. He's going to encourage us. How many guys have ever been in a position where you were just low? Your head was held low. You just feel like you couldn't get through it. I don't know how God is going to do this. You were just depressed. You were oppressed. You were just sitting on the couch. Poor pit. How many guys have ever been in the poor, pitiful me world? Like, poor, pitiful me. Like, life is just bad. Like, or how many of y'all know somebody that lives there? Like, life is just, life is just bad. How are you doing today? Well, you know, just, just like yesterday, life is terrible. Like, man. How many of you know you don't want to, I don't even like talking to people like that. I high five them in the hallway. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, hey, pastor, I want to talk to you. Boom, high five. Right? I'm like, okay, keep walking. <laughs> it's good to see you too. Boom. All right, some of y'all know what that is. Anyway, so, like, we're going to keep going. I'm not, why? And so some of y'all are like, oh, that's why he high fives me and keeps on walking. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Listen, I want to tell you something. I'm not going to let you steal my joy today. All right? So listen, if you want to live in your pit of despair, you can live there. But I'm not even coming to visit. If you want to come up to the mountaintop where I'm at, come on up. Now, if you want to get out, I'll climb down there and help you get out. But I ain't climbing down there to help you live. All right? And some of y'all need to start hanging up the phone. People could, I have someone come to me just the other day, came to me two days ago. They said, Pastor, all these people keep calling me and complaining. And I said, that's because you listen. <laughs> they said, they don't ever call you? I said, no. How come they don't call you? I said, because I don't listen. <laughs> like, Let me, hold on, I'm going to forward you to the complaint department. <laughs> Which is in my pocket, okay? Like, so... Why? I'm, listen, you ain't robbing me of my joy today. I got enough things in my own life trying to keep me down. Listen, I'm not getting down with you. And some of you need to realize you can't be your family's savior. You can't be everyone on Facebook's savior. You can't be everyone on Instagram. Oh, just don't worry about it. God's going to lead you through. Post some like cliche, uh, cliche Christian meme and like just keep going. Like, listen, it's time that we start locking into God's promise to us, that we realize he wants us to be victorious where we're at. And we stop looking to get into our own pits and we stop looking for everyone else's pits we can get in with them. How about we start walking in a victorious way? Come on, somebody. How about we start walking above the problems instead of in them? You know what I'm talking about? So we have to lock into God's promise to me, all right? But what does the word say, right? Because we can have all the feelings in the world, but what does the word say? Well, let's look at Deuteronomy 31.6, right? It says, be strong and courageous. Let's just stop right there. Did he say feel strong and courageous? Did he say act strong and courageous? 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Talking about what's coming against you. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. And this is my part right here. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So for those of you that are buying into the lie, buying into this, this thing that keeps coming against you, that God has forgot about you, he doesn't love you, he's not there for you, he done, he's left you where you are. Can I tell you something? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you. Even when you don't feel like it. So my dad was pretty cool. He, uh, he taught me how to swim. You want to know what that looked like? All right. Just I'm flailing in the water. He said, calm down. He said, are you sinking? I said, no. Right. And then, right. And then after, after a minute, he got into the pool and then he came beside me. He picked me up. He said, see, I wanted you to see that if you, if you'll stay calm, don't panic, but keep fixed on what you need to do. You'll be fine. And then he taught me how to swim, right? But he had to show me that I could make it through by just being fixed on what mattered. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter what you're going through life right now. If you'll stay fixed on what matters, you can make it through. Now, God will help you thrive. He'll help you. You'll go through a season where you just got to float there and hang on, right? Like we, go, we all go through those seasons, but God also has some seasons where he wants to help you thrive. The thing is, you can't thrive until you become patient and content being fixed on him in the midst of chaos. Feeling like the world around you is going nuts and you're about to drown. If you'll stay fixed on who God is, he'll carry you through what you're going through. All right? Then he'll teach you how to swim. Okay? But for some of us, we feel like God was just like, oh, we not be re- this ain't real talk? How many guys ever felt like God just threw you in the water and was like, good luck out there? Right? No, he wants to help us. He won't leave us nor forsake us. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He says this. He says, uh, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. And what he's saying there is that God's strength in us makes, us makes us strong even in our times of weakness. In other words, if you're going to rely on your weakness for strength, it's never going to be strong enough. But if you'll recognize that when we're weak, God's strength comes alive for us, then we'll always be able to make it through when we're riding on the back of the one who's stronger than anything that comes against us. When I'm weak, because God is there, because he has a promise for me, then I'm strong. Turn to your neighbor and say, then I'm strong. So he has a promise for us. I remember I was not too long, uh, not too long ago, my son, for those of you that are new, my son is, he's sick. He has a, a brain disease. And so we're just praying that God is going to supernaturally do a, a miracle in his life uh, and in his body. But I remember when he first, when, when, he got, when we got the call and they were telling us about his disease, we first got that call, and I remember about, about a month later, just walking out in the backyard, man, fist in the air at God and just being angry. Can we be, can we be honest in here for a second? I don't know why I'm holding my hand like this. I wasn't on the phone with nobody. I don't know about them. Anyway, so I remember walking in the backyard and just being angry, looking up at God like, you know, like I've given, I, like my whole life, I've given everything for you now. Like, why is this going to happen to me? And it wasn't too long after that, 
I was, in that moment, I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm not strong enough to handle this. Like, either you have come up against, or some of you haven't come up against something where you literally sat back in your seat and said, I'm just not strong enough. I remember looking at my wife, looking at my son, then looking at my wife and thinking to myself, like, there's no, I can't handle this. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty strong guy, both emotionally and physically. I'm a pretty strong guy, but there, there's limits to what I can handle. And in life, you're going to reach a limit to what you can handle. And I remember I put on, I, I, I just at one point in time got so just consumed in my mind. I just got in my truck and I just started driving. Anybody ever done that before? You just got, you just get in your car and go, right? You like finding yourself on roads you ain't never seen before. Like, oh, goodness, just crazy. Just have you even seen this store before? Anyway, so I was just driving. And as I was driving, um, I remember I was on Mobile Highway. I'll never forget this. I was on Mobile Highway, and I started listening to uh, a podcast by Matt Chandler from the Village Church. And, and he was actually telling a story about his son. Part of my son's disease, it brings seizures, right? And he was telling a story, and it was a snippet. And I swear there was a God thing, because it, it like, it, I went to the podcast, hit play, and it moved to the exact part of the story that he was telling where he was talking about his son having a seizure. And I was just like, oh, right? Like, and I, it started playing. And he was telling the story. He had come home and his wife uh, had gone to see his son who was, I think, three at the time. And all of a sudden, this scream comes through the house. And, he, and she comes running out. She's holding her son's, their son's in her, in her arms. And he's all limp and he's having a seizure. And he, Matt, Pastor Matt Chandler, he tells a story that they call the ambulance. Ambulance gets there. They throw him the ambulance. The mom goes in the ambulance with him. So he's driving behind the ambulance trying to keep up with him. And I'm sitting here like, like this just happened to me like three weeks before that. Like I'd just gone through the exact same thing. And so he's behind the ambulance. He don't even know what hospital they're going to. Like he's just trying to hang on for dear life. Listen, you have never seen people on the road more angry at you than when you're trying to keep up with an ambulance. Because okay? you're running every red light just trying to like hang on for dear life there. And so there was one moment where he tells a story. He gets stopped by a red light. And when he gets stopped by the red light, the ambulance has, has lost him at this point. And he can't keep up. And he realizes he don't even know what hospital the ambulance is going to. Like he, at this point, he don't even know where he's going. And it was in that moment that he was just like, he, he cried out to God, and it was the, almost the exact same prayer that I've prayed myself, where it was just like, I've got nothing to offer you here. See, in life, we tend to think because God has a promise for us that our life is now a bargaining chip against what we want. Oh, it's quiet in here now. That when life doesn't go our way, we'll just bargain our life how many of you guys have ever said, God, if you'll do this, I won't do that anymore, and I won't do that anymore, and I'll do this, and I'll do this, and I won't do that. That's not how it works. And so he would just sat there and he said, God, if it, I, I, don't, I don't have anything to offer you here because I've already put my name down. In other words, I already said yes to you. I'm following you. I've given you my whole life. I've got nothing else to offer here. And he made a statement, and when he made the statement, I literally, like, he made the statement. He said, in mercy you're going to heal my son. Or in mercy, you're going to sustain myself and my wife through the loss of our son. But either way, you're good and I trust you. I pulled my truck into the Arby's parking lot on Mobile Highway and made the ugliest cry face you have ever seen in your life. I'm talking like, like I was just like, in that moment, like it was, it was the Lord supernaturally speaking to me. Like, 
Am I only good when it's right? Or am I always good? Am I only good when life is going your way? Am I only good when the promises are yes and amen and you can see them happening? Or are the promises always yes and amen even when you can't? And I sat back and I just said, God, either you're going to heal my son or you're going to sustain myself and my wife and the loss of my son. But either way, you're good and you don't owe me anything. See, we think in our life that God owes us something. But in reality, it is us that owes God everything. He's already made a promise to you that he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But that second half sometimes doesn't seem to ring true. But our circumstances do not dictate God's proximity in our life. I'm going to say that again. Our circumstances don't dictate God's proximity, his closeness in our life. He's always there. He may just be a a throw away because we feel like we're swimming on our own, but he's always right there watching. His promises are yes and amen. Turn your neighbor and say his promises are true. Let's keep going. 2 Corinthians 12.10 is what he says, then I am, for when I am weak, then I am strong, right? Number three is God's plan for me. This is where it gets a little better. I know some of y'all are like, man, pastor, I did not come to church for this this morning. You got me messed up. This is where we get to take a turn, folks. Turn to your neighbor and say, he has a plan for you. Okay, turn to the other person you just neglected on the other side of you, right? That person gets no love from you. Tell him God has a plan for you. That's right. God has a plan for you. So here's the deal. The doubt that tends to come into our mind, right, is that God can't, use, uh, God can't use me. He can't use my story. What I've gone through is only shameful. How many guys have been ashamed of where God brought you from? He got you out of some mess. And you're just like, you don't trust me. You don't want to know what God did back then. Like, you don't want to know the person I was before Jesus. Come on, somebody. Y'all know the BC days before, <laughs> before Christ? Come on. Like, Right? What we tend to think is that our story is unique. In reality, our sinful story is not. Our redemptive story is. Y'all not with me today. Our sinful story, where we've come from, isn't as unique as you think. The redemption that comes because of our story and what Jesus did, that's what makes us unique. So let me tell you something. I can promise you, within four chairs, within four people close to you, someone else has a story just as bad as yours. Okay? Now, I see some of y'all looking around like, huh. Some of, y'all, some of y'all pointing fingers. Yep, that's the one right over there. That one's got a worse story than me. No, I'm just kidding. Like, but the doubt is that we think that our story leads and constantly has to be consumed by shame. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's no shame. Where Jesus comes on the scene, he gets to remove your shame. Why? Because the enemy wants to bring shame into your life to stalemate you and keep you where you're at when God has a plan to take you to something higher. So can I tell you something? When the enemy comes to you to lie you, to, to lie to you, to tell you that God's plan is not for you anymore, guess what you get to do? Set the record straight. You come to the enemy and you tell him, no, 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 let me, let's, let's go to faith, right? Let's see what the scripture says, Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's check it out. It says this, for I know the, say this word with me, plans. I know the plans I have for you. That means that he had a plan for you long ago. We're going to look at it in a second. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Put, say it again, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. 
Say it again. Plans to give you hope and a future. Man, some of us are walking around thinking that God forgot about us. Not only has he not forgotten about you, he's ready to prosper you. Not only is he ready to prosper you, he's ready to give you hope. Not only is he wanting to give you hope for today, he wants to give you a future for tomorrow. God hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. But what we tend to do is think that God has just come into our life to give us some sort of survivor mentality, like we're barely going to make it through. No, he came in to give us a victorious mentality so that we can power through. I'm not trying to just make it to tomorrow. I want to be victorious through tomorrow. So he came to, he's got a plan to prosper you. Can I tell you something? That doesn't mean you get a yacht tomorrow. All right. That doesn't mean you get a Mercedes today, unless you already got one. In that case, holla at your boy. You know what I'm saying? Like we could, I'm just kidding. But prosper here, he's not talking about trying to get money. He's, talking about, he's not talking about giving you things. He's talking about becoming everything. Like Jesus didn't come on the scene that we can have more items in our life. He came on the scene so that he can become everything in our life. Because when he's everything, we need nothing else. I'm at that point in my life now where I'm just content. The Bible says be content in all things. I'm at that point now where I'm content in my life right now. I would love to have a few more things in my life, but I don't have to have anything else. And so why? He can, he's coming to prosper us, not to harm us, but to give us hope and a future, right? And so what we have to see is that when, when the doubt comes in that says God can't use our life, he won't use our life, he doesn't, he, like, our, we're full of shame, we have to refute it not with our words, but with what, the, with what the word of God says for us. So when that lie comes into your mind, you just say, no, nah, man, Jeremiah 29, 11 says that he has a plan to prosper me, to give me hope in a future. Why? Because we're combating the doubt with faith. Hear your neighbor say it's about the faith. So, we combat that with faith. Number four, the last one, is God's purpose in me. So God has a pursuit of you. God has a promise for you, right? He has, or he has a promise to you. He has a plan for you. And then he has a purpose in you. And here's the beauty about the purpose that's in you, right? The beauty about the purpose of, that's in you is it's already there and it has been there since he created you. See, what, what we think is that God comes to us, he rescues us from our sin, he does this amazing thing in our life, and after he does this amazing thing in our life, then God sits there and goes, all right, now what am I gonna do with this one? Oh, right, we totally need someone to do this. No, 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 that's not how God works. Matter of fact, let's just go to Ephesians and see what the Bible says about it, right? Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's handiwork. Some translations say craftsmanship or masterpiece. Put your neighbor and say, I'm a masterpiece. I'm gonna pause just right there for a second. Because I think some of y'all need to hear that. You're not bottom shelf anymore. Like, you're not the bottom of the barrel. Give me, give me your attention for just a second. I know we're almost done. But I don't know why. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to communicate something to some of y'all in this house today. Some of you have been living in the bottom shelf for far too long. For some of you, life knocked you down and you have chosen to stay down. Some of you for decades. Can I tell you something today? You are a masterpiece and God's not finished with you yet. 
Some of you think that God can't complete what he started because of what you've done. Can I tell you something? Nothing you've done has caught him off guard. And he'll finish what he started in your life if you'll let that purpose work its way out. Let's keep going. You are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That means there's, there's something for you. This mentality of just making it through till next Sunday so Pastor Brad can get up here and preach a message and stomp on my toes a few more times and then we come back the week after that and, and I get re-energized by another message. Man, that's not the life God has for you. Matter of fact, what God wants for you is not that you would come here to be refueled, but God wants you to come here so that you can be energized to make a difference today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. His plan for you is not survival. His plan for you is victorious living. Creating Christ Jesus to do good works. This is the part right here, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Some translations say this, for God prepared long ago, and some even say for God prepared before we were born for us to do. In other words, what God wants to do in your life and the purpose that he put you on this earth for, he planned for you before you were born. But if God is omniscient, he knows everything, that means God put a purpose inside of you knowing you were gonna blow it. And many of us use the fact that we've messed up, we've blown it, we've gone too bad, we've gone too far, we've done too many of the wrong things. We use that as the excuse to say that we can't possibly be used by God. God's telling you, I put the purpose in you knowing you, you are gonna blow it. So stop making excuses for why you can't be the person that God has destined you to be. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 4. It says this, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. In other words, God breathes everything that is needed into everyone. And then it jumps down to verse 27 and it says this, all of you together are the one body of Christ and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. So here's the picture that I wanna paint for you real quick is that inside of you right now is a purpose, something that God breathed into you. There's a destiny that he wants you to fulfill. There's a purpose he wants you to walk out. There's something better than where you are right now. And all you have to do is connect with it to start living a life that is fulfilled. Because here's what we know, even from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is a secular study says this, that of all the needs that we have in our life, the need to breathe, right? The need to eat food. Come on, somebody. Where y'all at? Hey, come on. Anyway, so the need to eat food, the, thing, the need to drink water, to hydrate. Then there's other needs. Like we want, there's the need to learn, to be educated, right? We have all those things. At the top of that list is a list that's called the transcendence need. And the transcendence need is the need inside every single one of us to make a difference in the life of someone else. Anybody ever given $5 to the guy on the street corner and you, you for, uh, for about, your sec, about yourself, you felt good about being you for that moment. You're like, y'all with me, right? That was the need of transcendence working itself out in you and you feeling fulfilled by making the difference in the life of someone else. Inside of each one of us is a design that God has placed in us and he wants to use what he's already put in you to make a difference in the life of someone else. And if you're ready to start living the life that God has destined for you, that he has called you to, that means you're ready to start walking out the fulfilled life where you get to live in a transcendence type of way, where you get to be the difference and make the difference in the life of other people. And if you wanna do that, one of the best places to do that 
to me is right here at TC. Listen, on your, on your job tomorrow in your neighborhood, you're gonna get a chance and you can be the impact. But here at TC, we have a way of helping you discover what that even looks like. It's called our growth track. For us, the, the growth track is a, it just takes four weeks. We walk you through it. As a matter of fact, we're gonna have a growth track right after this service in the double doors in the back of the sanctuary. And there, we're gonna tell you one of the weeks, we tell you a little bit about our church, but it's more about you than it is about us. Because here's the deal. We don't wanna help you connect to what we're trying to accomplish. We wanna help you recognize that God has a purpose inside of you that he wants to bring to the surface so that you can make a difference in someone else's life. Here's the deal. You can have all the things in the world. You can have all the money in the world. You can have everything you've ever wanted and it's not gonna bring you the most fulfillment. What brings you the greatest fulfillment in life is being part of making a difference in someone else. I grew up in church where as soon as you wanted to become part, you wanted to join and you wanted to become part of something, they automatically threw you on some team where you had to introduce yourself to people all the time. I don't know about you guys, but everybody, I know some of y'all ain't people people, right? How many of y'all don't really care to be around people that much? You're like, I don't really want to see, right? All y'all ain't greeters. I'll put it that way, right? If I had a mirror, I'd show you your face right now. I could prove to you everybody in here ain't a greeter, okay? But can I tell you something? You don't have to have a particular personality to be used by God. What is in you is what God wants to use for you to make the difference in the life of someone else. We would love to help you connect with that. At the end of the service, like I said, we'll meet back there. But here's the deal. This isn't a recruiting message as much as it's for a message for you to understand that God is for you. And the way that you're gonna overcome every doubt, every lie, everything that the enemy wants to bring against you is not with your feelings, because I might feel good today, but I might not feel good tomorrow. It's with the word. And so when he tells you that he doesn't have a plan for you, now we get to quote back Jeremiah and said, no, he has a plan for me. He has a plan to give me hope in a future. We get to speak that back to the lie that's coming against my mind. When he said, when, we, when he comes to our mind and says that God doesn't love us, no, we get, to, we get to declare that John 3, 16, for God so loved me for the world, he gave his son. And some of us need to stop trying to come against the enemy with our feelings and start coming against the enemy with our faith. And our faith is driven by the word. Come on, somebody. You guys receive the word today? Let's overcome doubt with the word of God, amen? Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we just thank you. God, I pray right now for those of us that are dealing with doubt and, and, and dealing with, God, just the consuming lies of the enemy. I pray that you would help us come against that doubt and we would come against those lies with your truth, not ours. We would come against it with faith. We would come against it with the word. And so we thank you, God, that you are encouraging our hearts today and we celebrate you. With everyone's heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're in this place and hey, Pastor Brad, that's, I, I, I believe that God is pursuing me. I believe he has a, a promise to me and a plan for me and a purpose in me. But right now, I don't know him. Jesus isn't in control of my life and but I know he needs to be. Maybe he's been drawing on your heart. Maybe he's been speaking to you in special ways, letting you know that he's still here for you. But today you say, I don't know him pastor, but I want to. And if that's you, 
we want to let you know that the beauty of the gospel is this, that God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that all we have to do is believe, put our faith in him, that when he died on the cross, he paid for my sins and yours.